What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? Uh, it's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Um, oftentimes, for these podcasts, I will introduce uh, guests as very special. Um, today is the opposite of that. Today, I have the Steve Mills and Scott Perry of um, basketball podcasting because uh, they would not appear on anybody else's podcast and would in fact have uh, been fired been fired a long time ago um, but here they are uh, if you heard uh, if you listened over the summer you will recognize their voices uh, my two buddies my two degenerate friends Oz and Yash uh, how are you guys doing I'm doing so well still, John how are you doing I'm doing great are we still calling him Oz after we outed him as Bernard in the last podcast already you know well, I, I whatever you want. <laughs> well, that just opens all kinds of doors. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> not good ones. Yeah, the, the alternate name for this podcast, by the way, is John gets canceled. Um, so and that is the goal. I, I know it is. Um, the, the, actually, no. My goal is to produce something today that I can air. We'll see if we do that. Um, so Yash and Bernard are here because um, they're the only people who talk to me on a regular basis. And uh, Jeremy is, is couldn't do his usual Sunday spot. And so him and uh, Andrew Claudio are joining me after the game on Monday for an episode that will be released on Tuesday in which we're going to talk about the, uh, the trade deadline. But for today, we're going to uh, do a couple things. Um, the Oscars are coming up in a week. Um, and, I we wanted I wanted to do this episode last year. We never we could never get it on the calendar, and so we got it. We slotting it in, squeezing it in, sliding it in today. Um, and we're also going to have some um, NBA uh, historical uh, discussion because that's what we were talking about on chat uh, the other day, and it was it was interesting. Um, Bernard, uh, I'll start with you. How many movies have you seen this year? Oh boy, like two hundred plus. No, you stop lying. You know the exact number. I don't know the exact number, actually. Probably like 270. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. I actually looked at your letterbox the other day. I think it was like 230-something. Unless there Are there movies you've seen this year that you haven't reviewed? There there are. Oh. The documentaries aren't on there. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That's right. Okay. Um, Yash, what are, I, I'm, I know you don't keep track. Do you have a guesstimate for how many movies you've seen that were released in 2019? That were released in 2019? I don't know, like 10. You know, you should at least... way more than that. Yeah, seriously. Listen, guys, I have a pretty demanding career. And also, you know... No, you don't. Apart from... (laughs) 
Um, you're a public, you're, you're essentially a public defender. You work like four hours a day. Come on. Mm, public defender in Missouri, which means that I'm handling about like, three times as many cases as I should be. Yeah, whatever. Complain to someone who cares. Um, all right. So Bernard's a movie aficionado. I try to see a lot of movies. Um, Yash, whatever. He's Yash. Um, we, uh, we're going to try to compare in anticipation of the Oscars every Knicks player on the roster to one um, film, actor, role, uh, maybe even a behind-the-scenes uh, personality. Um, although I, I can't imagine we're going to use that comparison that was uttered in our text chain the other day, because then I certainly will get canceled. Um, Weinstein is banned? Harvey Weinstein is banned from the podcast. Yes, uh, Bernard, sorry. It's good to clear that up now. It is. It's really known in advance. Yes. Okay. Um, so I figured we could do a, a round robin style. Um, and uh, we, we go through the Knicks roster one by one. And uh, you, you take the player that you want. And then you offer, um, with as much justification as possible, your comparison that you would like to offer um bernard since you have certainly given this more thought than uh either of us uh would you like to go first sure and i'm gonna start with your boy frank oh i was not expecting you to start with frank uh, i'll leave the, the morris layup for someone else so for frank i picked the french movie it's nominated for best foreign film les miserables <laughs> 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 You're a terrible person. Which, for starters, it, it's French, so perfect. But it's actually about a rookie cop who's brought out on the street by these other aged cops who have no respect for his skills and basically waste him uh, and his abilities to be a useful good cop and try to corrupt him into their shitty way of life. And I could think of no movie that better encapsulates the Frank Milikina experience than to see his talent wasted away by stupid old people. <laughs> that can't be the act. Is that an actual plot of the movie? It is. It's like French training day. Oh, wow. I actually, now you, well, you make me want to watch the movie, if nothing else. Um, what, uh, what are the, what would the Vegas betting odds be on Nilakina being here uh, a week from now? Uh, I think he's going to be there. They're not. Yeah, you know, him like I think so else. too. I I would bet if you gave me three to one, I would say that he would be moved. If you if I could make three hundred bucks on my on my hundred dollar wager, I would bet that he would be traded. But I would. That's probably the least the least favorable odds that I would take. I, I think will it'll be. say at this point, it seems like a stupid move. So to the extent Mills and Perry are still here in a week, it's <laughs> definitely in play. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I guess let's. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. Someone has to be nice to Mills and Perry on this podcast, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna attempt to. Um, although my analogy from the other day in our in our text chain, which maybe I'll say later. Um, all right, Yash, you want to go next? Well, I actually, uh, I was gonna say that I think Frank is uh, is actually a parasite. Because I wanted to go with something foreign, and I know you liked Parasite. I did, and uh, that it will be captivating you for years to come, much like Frank, because of its nuance and complexity. Um, and ninety-five percent of the country probably can't appreciate it. Yeah, that's 
That sounds about right. Sounds about right. Um, okay, you're you're still up, Yash. Pick a different player. Uh, so I'm going to go with Julius Randle. Oh, okay, and good. The uh, movie that I'd like to compare him to is Rise of Skywalker. Because <laughs> <laughs> this really is good. Because Julius Randle is also an overhyped, jumbled mess that gets a couple of things right just often enough to be making a lot more money than he and it deserves to be making. Um, so you're saying you want your $16 back or whatever you paid to go see that movie? Yeah, I mean, I wish I'd waited, to be honest. Just like I wish I'd waited with Revenge of the Sith and hadn't listened to the reviewer at that time. Okay. Um, that's actually, that's, that's a pretty good one. I like that. Um, okay. That means I'm up. Uh, um, wait, I got a, I got a different take on Randall. Please. And Randall should be once upon a time in Hollywood because he made his name. He sounded interesting out in California, got some star buzz, but like in the movie, DiCaprio's character is actually a pretty shitty actor and the place where he most belongs to be successful is out floating around in Europe. Just where I would like to see Julius Randle playing next year. <laughs> we're really, we're off to uh, a blazing start. Okay, I am going to go with um, Alonzo Trier, and I am going to compare him to Renee Zellweger in Judy. Um, Judy is a movie that nobody has seen, uh, much like we have not seen Alonzo Trier play this year. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know quite what Zellweger is doing in Judy, but it seems to be very impressive in its own weird, quirky way. Um, and I think if Trier was traded to another team that maybe people would actually see him on, um, I think people would like, I think he would like get appreciated more because he can, you know, he could score, which is a skill, just like impersonating, um, you know, a famous actress who's been dead for 60 years is a skill. Um, I just think the the hype, and this is this is my indirect way of saying I hope Scarlett Johansson wins Best Actress. All of the like, when are we going to see Trier on this shitty theme? Is over overrated, and I don't want to see him. Just like I don't want to see Judy. Um, so there, <laughs> Bernard, you're up. I'm gonna hop off the roster for a moment here and go with our our friend, Mr. Dolan. Mm. Hold on, There's I just a- took a sip of my beer before you. There's a uh, a documentary this year nominated called Edge of Democracy. Oh, no. It's about the decline and fall of democracy into garbage authoritarian state stuff in Brazil. And I can think of no movie that better represents how Jim Dolan treats the Knicks and the MSG piggy bank than Edge of Democracy. Uh, you are now barred from re-entering this podcast for the rest of this season. And um, if you do want to enter the podcast again next season, you should buy um, a fake um, a ticket under a fake name. Sell um, the team. Sell the <laughs> you know, not having seen the movie, but being familiar with what's going on in Brazil, I think Bernard made a pretty wonderful comparison there. I'm a little jealous that. I didn't come up with it, it myself. It, well, I mean, that's what happens when you see like 300 movies. Um, <clears throat> I, I like it. I'm here for it. I'm all for it. Um, okay. Uh, Yash, you're up. You know what? I'm going to come up with an optimistic comparison here. because Love geez. it. So I'm going to say uh, Mitchell Robinson and compare him to 1917. Wow. Because, 
he will regularly make you appreciate how dazzling he is to watch. And you will see him do things you rarely see human beings do on a basketball court, much like you watch 1917 and you'll appreciate that you're watching things that you haven't seen before in a movie theater. But it, but so. 1917 only does, it only does the one thing, which is the, 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 the one camera thing the whole time, but it does it as well as it could possibly done, be done. So much I, like uh, Mitch as a rim protector. And, I love uh, it. Rim runner on offense. You really gave this some thought. This is, I'm impressed. I'm very impressed. I like it. Um, I'm going to, I'll also stay positive. Um, I am giving uh, Taj Gibson um, the um, comparison to, hold on. Uh, yes. Jonathan Price in the two popes. So that was mine. Are you serious? Yeah, seriously. So Price, Price, you know what? Is he taking somebody else's spot that should be there? Probably. Would I like to see somebody else in that place? Perhaps Christian Bell. Uh, yes. But he does solid work. You can't. Co- I mean, really. Can you complain about Jonathan Price? It's a, it's a fine movie. It's a fine performance. Um, yeah. Taj, we love you, Taj. Anything you want to add to that, Bernard? Feel free. Uh, I think that's right on. Okay. Hey, guys, just a quick reminder about one of our favorite sponsors for the show, arguably our favorite of all of the sponsors, The Athletic. Uh, One of um, the people that make this show happen, they are a subscription-based sports news site for real fans through in-depth coverage from local writers on every team and, of course, the national writers that you know and love. Um, If there were ever a week to get in on The Athletic, it's probably this week. For one, the NBA trade deadline is around the corner. If you're listening to this right now, you are uh, probably someone who cares about such things. And you got Shams giving you breaking news, obviously. And also all of the different local NBA writers will have different scoops and things um, in their articles on the various teams that you could access every single one of those, including, of course, uh, the Knicks' own beat writer, Mike Vorkanoff, who writes all things Knicks, and he is excellent. Also, um, you might want to read about the Super Bowl um, or baseball, which is right around the corner. The Athletic has basically whatever you want, and the best part is you could personalize your own feed of stories to give you exactly only the news that you want coming directly to you. You pick your favorite teams, however you want to get this uh, underway. Um, they also do live question and answers with their writers, which is another very cool thing. Um, and they have behind the scenes stuff, exclusive player profiles, team rankings, fantasy sports insights, literally everything. If you want to get 40% off a yearly subscription, go to theathletic.com backslash overtime. So one more time, that's theathletic.com backslash O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. And if you input that overtime code, you'll get 40% off a yearly subscription to The Athletic, which is um, it's really good um, because I pay full price for it because I think I signed up for it before I found out about any of these great deals. And I have never once thought of canceling because it's just it's really good. So um, check it out one more time, theathletic.com backslash overtime. Um, oh, it's back, right, gonna, back to you. Uh, I'm going to ruin our optimism chain and go with Dennis Smith Jr. Oh, my God. You're really just, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're just taking all the heavy hitters. <laughs> for, for Dennis Smith Jr., I had to 
I had to get away from the Oscar nominees this year and dive a little bit deeper. How, how, thinking, how deep, Bernard? Well, I, I came up with Gemini Man. <laughs> and if, you're not, <laughs> if you're not familiar, Gemini Man is a movie where they have old present-day Will Smith and they clone him to make a young, evil Will Smith and the two face off. It's not all that different from how some days you see Smith do some good things and some days you see Smith do some bad things and you're confused as to how they're actually the same player. But Dennis Smith, just like Gemini Man, is one of the biggest busts of the last few years. Um, is it? Is that movie considered a bust? It is considered a bust, I guess, because they oh, spent yeah, so much money on it. Hundreds of millions. Oh, God. Okay. Savage as always, Bernard. Yeah. No, that was that was rough. Um, Okay, I, I, you, you nailed it, though. Okay, uh, yeah, sure up. So not having seen nearly as many movies as the two of you, uh, this next one is not a Knicks player, Okay, but fine. it is Knicks-related. Sure. So uh, I would like to compare Little Women to Jay Crowder. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been canceled. Can you cancel something twice in the same... I think something can be canceled twice. No, but I know this is going to be okay. This is going to be okay. I would have prefaced the episode by saying we were not allowed to make this comparison, but your reasoning is valid. So continue. My my reasoning is that he uh, is unfairly maligned by male chauvinists like Marcus Morris, but is secretly a hidden gem. You know, Jay Crowder, he's quietly had a nice little career for himself. Uh, Wonderful career. I right. think at one point I, I said his contract was the contract. best contract in basketball. I think I said that. <laughs> I do remember when so, we had that conversation at one point. Yeah. And uh, he's been an essential role player for good teams. And he's apparently had a horrible agent who negotiated the best contract for the team in the NBA at one point. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, I'm there for it. I like it. Um, huh, okay. Um, that means yeah, that's, that's another way he's like uh, little women and that, you know, the woman who was trying to sell her stories was getting screwed over just like Jake Crowder was. Well, um, speaking of um, Jay Crowder, um, I'll, I'll take the layup um, because um, I did not have nearly as much time to prepare for this as you guys did. Um, so uh, Marcus Morris, um, is indeed uh, the Joker. Um, there are, <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of people that are very big, big fans of his, and um, he, you know, maybe is not, maybe is not worthy of that level of praise. If we're being completely honest, um, Bernard, did you want to chime in on this one at all? I think the the same old pearl of wisdom applies both to the Joker and to Marcus Morris, which is that a swimming pool seems deep if you've never seen the ocean. <laughs> I okay, can we, let's let's we'll get a sidetrack for a second. Um, Marcus Morris uh, should should be. Is there any is there any valid argument left for keeping uh, Marcus Morris on this team? Either no. silence is deafening. Yeah. Okay. I just I just said it on the. I told you guys I was guesting on a, a podcast a minute ago. Um, <clears throat> and it it occurred to me earlier today. I said this to them that like the argument for keeping him is that the Knicks have found 
a good player who wants to be here. Let's think about that for a second. That that's the threshold now of a guy is 30 years old, completely not anywhere resembling the timeline that we need to have. Um, and but he's Wait, good. are you saying that the Knicks aren't going to be championship contenders next year or the year after? Uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go on that out on that limb. Yes. Um, like it's if they don't trade him, it is it is perhaps not because of like the basketball reasoning, but just that the 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 reason that they're keeping him, the fact that they have that little confidence that anybody good will come and willingly sign on here and be like a productive player. That's just that that might be the most damning thing about this front office that I could remember. Um, my God, do you think we could trade him for Jay Crowder? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I would. I wouldn't take anything, but I would take just trade him. Uh, trade him to the Clippers. Send him where he needs to where he needs to be. Um, okay, so that's mine. Uh, Bernard, you're up. <clears throat> sure. So for this one, I'm going to take the movie Pain and Glory. If you're not familiar with Pain and Glory, it stars Antonio Banderas. It's about uh, a writer, a writer-director, who's looking back on his career. He's looking back on everything he's achieved. And he decides to start using a shitload of heroin. Is and that really what he, the movie's about? I had no idea. Yep. Okay, yep. great. And the, the Knicks-related thing that I've, I've selected for this movie, I really couldn't think of any other fit, is Macri You. Because oh I feel like when you look back on all the time you've spent writing about this team and last year's team, I, I don't know how you wouldn't start using heroin on a daily basis. <laughs> well, maybe if I didn't have a daughter or a wife, um, I would be more tempted. Uh, I, I mean, I'm having a beer. What time is it? It's it's three minutes to two in the afternoon. Um, That's perfectly appropriate. Are we? How many people? You, I know it is to you, but that is not the ringing endorsement that I'm searching for. Um, I don't know how many people would agree with the appropriateness of drinking um, at two in the afternoon. Yeah, it's Super Bowl Sunday, which it, it kicks off in four and a half hours. Yeah, but you know, pregame has started already. So has it? Oh, I'm sure it has. I mean, it's a Super Bowl. They start pregame like eight hours in advance. Sure. Let's. Yeah. Great. Um, okay. Yash, you're up. Do you yeah. have Do you have any more? Yash, you're already. Are you already done? You know, I've got one more. Okay. Actually, after reading one of your articles. Oh, great! There we go. Yeah. So, uh, marriage story. Obviously, the layup here is the breakup between Mills and Fizz, which you so eloquently wrote an article about. I- uh I really do think Marriage Story is the story of the Knicks and their fans, though. I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Bernard on this one, um, because like we we I, you, Bernard, you'll put it better than me. I, I I why why is Marriage Story the perfect representation for 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 us sitting here literally right now talking about this stupid fucking team? Well, here's the problem: is in Marriage Story they end up happily apart. And I don't think we're going to end up happily apart. So I actually have a different a different movie for the fans. Oh, okay. Which is one of those short films that nobody ever watches. There's a <laughs> short animated film nominated this year called, it's called Memorable. Oh, okay. And it's about an old married couple. The 
husband has severe dementia or Alzheimer's, or it's not made clear what, but one of those sort of degenerative mental defects. It's not what you want. And it's not what you want. And the only way that the wife is able to survive putting up with it are these little moments every so often, once every few weeks, where there's a little spot of positivity. When in reality, everything has been miserable for an incredibly long time. That's like the side plot in uh, The Notebook. Yes. Yes, it is. And they just made a whole movie about that. It's like eight minutes long, but yes. That's eight. That's seven and a half minutes too long for me. What a, <laughs> what a depressing idea. That's horrible. But uh, that's that's the fan base. Um, God. That's a, that's a pretty pretty good comparison, actually. And yeah, I mean, the other thing, too, is in Marriage Story, uh, they do actually break up, and none of us have ever actually broken up with the next. Yes, but I, I okay, maybe not the movie marriage story, but maybe the the lead up to the divorce, like what we can only assume the last several years of their marriage um has been like with just lots of lies that are unsaid and um you know, you just kind of swallow it because you got to get on to the next day. That's that's kind of where I was thinking, but it's yeah, I don't want to think about this anymore. Um okay. What? Not I. I love our marriage. I'm talking about my marriage to this team. <laughs> this is already the best moment on the pod. Is it what? My wife thinks. My wife literally asks me once a day, "Are you going to divorce me?" Like literally, almost every day. Um, does that happen to you, Bernard, or is that just a part of my marriage? No, she tells me she intends to divorce. Oh, me, not asking if I'm going to divorce. Okay, her. I guess that's. That's better? I don't really know. I think it's worse. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's worse. It's something. It's worse. Too. It's it's a thing. Um, okay. Um, it's it, it, I'm up. Um, hold on. I have I have I had another good one here. Um, where was it? Hold on. Let me look at the roster. Oh, yes, that's it. Um, yes, I'm gonna reserve. Uh, I reserved a special one for Bobby Portis. Um. <laughs> I I knew I knew coming into this year that um some of the advanced numbers on Bobby Portis were not great. I know you know there were there were rumbles that maybe you know 40% from 3 and like some good counting stats didn't always translate to winning. But I was still really excited to see Bobby Portis play this year. And so he gets my Godzilla King of Monsters King of the Monsters King of the Monsters award for <laughs> Easily the most disappointing two and a half hours uh, or two hours uh, that I've had this year to the point that an hour and 15, an hour and 20 minutes into that movie, I was like, I kind of want to leave right now. And that's how I feel literally today with the trade deadline coming up where I'm just like, just just get him away. Just just get him on any other team. Literally. Um, I don't need to see any more of this. Uh, Doesn't have to be an NBA team. No, I mean you want to talk about you know Europe or China or maybe Olympiacos has a roster spot. <laughs> I don't know. Do they don't they play? They play good team basketball. I don't know if they're if they want. I wonder if anybody's still listening at this point of the podcast. I always think about this when we. God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but this is such quality content. All right. Um, uh, 
Bernard, uh, do you have any more? Uh, any more comps? I have, a, I have a, a few little quick hit ones. Please do. So, so first, I have Mills. I can't let him go unscathed. Oh God! Uh, Hustlers is. Oh my about, God! <laughs> my Christ! It's about strippers <laughs> taking advantage of a lot of stupid old guys, and it just seems the appropriate fit for Mills's future past. Whatever it may be. And now we're canceled. Okay. Yes. That's <laughs> wonderful. Thank you. Uh, anybody uh, else, uh, Bernard? Yeah. So uh, for Brazdikis, my boy, I have a portrait of a lady on fire, which nobody has ever I heard I want to see this. I really do want to see this. I really want to see it. But no one's ever heard of. It was released in New York and L.A. for one week each. To qualify for the Oscars, and to be clear, this is a this Oscars. is a lesbian a lesbian story, right? Le- a lesbian French drama. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Well, now but I know why Macri wants to see him. Hey, it's, come on! I'm it's it. That's 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 unfair. It's very good. No one ever gets to see it. Uh, so it's just like Brusdikis trapped in fucking Westchester. Um, and at least he's close to the practice facility. <laughs> the only one. Can we work? And my in, last one. Yes. Is, uh, is Andrew Yang. And oh Andrew Yang God. gets a beautiful day in the neighborhood because hopefully he'll buy the team and then it will be a beautiful day in our neighborhood. <laughs> if Andrew Yang bought the Knicks, uh, I have to say, I do. I, I Here's what I like about Andrew Yang. Of all of the people that are on the debate stage, um, he's the only one that I don't think is completely full of shit. Um, yep. Which I appreciate. Um, okay. Do you I guys think Bernie's full of shit? I think he means for everything he says. Uh oh, into politics. Yeah, no, we, we we I can't do the Bernie the Bernie political discussion. He seems like he means certain words that come out of his mouth. Um, do I, I I need to read an ad here? Um, we're we're long overdue, but do I have do I have any other comparisons to make? You know what? I'm going to make a Mills and Perry comparison to, um, uh, Captain Marvel, uh, in that they were stuck in the '90s when they assembled this team. Um, it was actually, that's not even fair because Captain, I enjoyed Captain Marvel and, um, the season. Have you not enjoyed this season? Uh, yeah, we have to go. I'm, I'm going further down Bernard's letterbox. Uh, I would make a dark Phoenix comparison, but I still haven't seen that movie. Um, although the fact that you put the fact that you put dark Phoenix above Joker in your year long ranking is, is just Bernard kudos to you. Easily St- standing round of applause. Um, yeah, no, that's that's all I got. Um, God, there's some really shitty movies. Like I'm looking at your your letterbox. Okay, um, how do you have Midsommar so low? Can we can we finish off by comparing a Nick to Midsommar? Um, oh boy, uh, I'm looking at the roster here. Kevin Knox. I'm comparing. Oh, yeah, I, I'm comparing Kevin Knox to to Midsommar because there were some things about Midsommar that I really liked. But I also get why you have it ranked 181st on your um, <laughs> rankings for this year. Okay, um, let's uh, make some money here. Okay, so we're going to talk about four cash sports. So that is uh, F O R E cash. You know how they spell that? Sports.com. So here's the nice thing about forecashsports.com. Um, everybody and their mother is doing DFS, daily fantasy, obviously, nowadays. Because we're all degenerates um, and we all try to make a quick buck. And I'm sure today will be as popular um, a DFS day as, as there is, 
you know, all year um, with Super Bowl and everything. But the problem is that most of us do these DFS um, pools, whatever sites you go on, um, not knowing what the hell we're doing, much much like the people that maybe built this uh, Knicks basketball team. So here's the great thing about 4CashSports.com is it is a site dedicated to giving you um, the absolute best insight about uh, DFS and sports betting that is anywhere on the internet. So basically, here's how it goes. You could do a one-day trial for a very little bit of money, $7, weekly subscription for $24.99, or a monthly subscription for $89.99, in which you get access to every single one of their um, pieces of analysis on DFS sports betting. And it's really good analysis because what they do is they go to all the other sites that you would have to pay like literally $500 a month to get all that that coverage. And they compile it and they basically give it to you for a much, much, much lower rate. Um, it's a really good deal. And here's the best part. Two, actually, there's two best parts. You can start with a free trial. Yash, you're yelling in the background because you don't like 4K sports. Hush you. Um <laughs> There's a free trial you could do with a code. You you enter the code one day. It's the number one D-A-Y. And you get a, a free one day trial uh, to, again, look at forecastsports.com. Uh, and then if you like it, you could use the code NIX, K-N-I-C-K-S, no four letter words here, uh, for $25 off your each month of your subscription for however long you want to be subscribed for. So, like I said, it's eighty nine ninety nine for a monthly subscription. If you sign up and you use the code NIX, you get twenty five dollars off that eighty nine um, ninety nine, which is um, a number that is less than eighty nine ninety nine. Um, I don't have a calculator with me, but it's a good deal. Um, so you should definitely go check it out. It's a really good site. They put a lot of thought into the making of this site and the design of it, and it's. Um, I think you're gonna love it. And hey, if you don't like it after the free trial, just you know. Don't do it anymore. So one more time, that is 4CashSports.com. That's F-O-R-E-C-A-S-H-S-P-O-R-T-S.com. Um, okay. Um, are we getting into, we'll get into our historical um, debate. Is that uh, is that where we're at here? Yeah. You know, we had an interesting conversation in the text thread about how would Kobe Bryant's legacy have been affected if he'd beaten the 08 Celtics? And I, I just want to say that I think it's an interesting discussion, um, but I also want to uh, have the KG part of it, too. So, Yash, you have the floor. Right. So if Kobe beats the 08 Celtics, you're talking about he won two more championships right after that. He would have been finals MVP in that series had the Lakers gone on to win it instead of losing in six games. At that point, you've got six championships for Kobe three finals MVPs, spent his entire career with the Lakers. He's tied with MJ. Now, he still doesn't match MJ's individual accomplishments. But at that point, you're talking about a guy with six rings, three as the lead guy, three finals MVPs. I don't know how you leave him out of the top five at that point. Um, Whereas now, with Kobe's current resume, I think he's probably still right outside of the top 10. So I, I think it would have made a huge difference for him. Uh, Bernard, do you want to chime in before I go here? Wait, Yash, who, who are you? Not, what's your top five? Who are you knocking from the top five? Yeah, that's where I was going to go. 
So I think if he got to six rings, you you put him past Duncan, Bird, Magic. Um, you have him over Magic. Yeah, yeah, I think I would. So my I was I meant to text this to you guys uh, yesterday, but I was running around and um, didn't get a chance to. So to me, you have your like unassailable Jordan, LeBron. Kareem, um, Wilt, and Bill Russell. So that's why I think your argument is absolutely ridiculous on its face. Because in no universe, whether or not that one um, series turns out differently, does that put Kobe ahead of any of those guys? Like you can't, you can't seriously believe that, can you? So, of the guys you named. I think I would put him ahead of Russell because they were like yeah, the you're a the league f- fucking time. idiot. He won but, he won 11 championships. Who cares that it was in the 1950s and 60s? Doesn't matter. It's 11. The number of teams like Kobe did it in a league with 30 plus teams. I also think that era, the 2000s era. You know, you are what is wrong with NBA discussion in 2020. You are canceled. <laughs> Cancel Yash. Seriously, no, you 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 really seriously believe this, or are you just trying to make the argument? I'm I'm, I'm really no, serious. And, and I mean, look, Russell. Okay, his teams won all those championships, but this has been a criticism made of him as a player, which is he was an elite defensive player, but he wasn't a guy who was going to dominate on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, but I, I think so. This I think actually translates well to the other part of this discussion, which is the um, you know, where does where does like KG rank historically? Because you there's such a thing as like yeah sure like consider the era and whatnot but it like or or rather let me rephrase that like considering stats but like look at the comparable stats when russell played and like look at like he was by far and away the best player or one of the two best players in the league for uh, 15 years you how many years was kobe bryant one of the top two players in the league five Six, maybe? I don't know. Something like that. I, I can't get there, Yash. I'm sorry. It's just it's it's too a bridge too far for me. Okay, where would you put him? Where do you guys put if him? If he won that problems? if he won that championship, um, I would have like I said uh to you initially, after there's so there's that first five. And then for me, there's a second tier which includes let's put Bird, Magic, Timmy Duncan. Duncan, um, does anyone else go in that next tier? Shaq. Mm, yeah, Shaq, Shaq belongs in that next tier. Yeah, so I'll put, because like me personally, historically, and I know, that, see, now we're getting into, I guess, hot takes. I, I have Shaq above um, Kobe historically. Me um, too. Do you? There you go. Yep. Okay. Um, so yeah, he would go right, right. right, right in that second tier. Yeah, so, you know, I think I would also have Shaq ahead of him right now. Oscar, but, sorry, Oscar, we forgot to mention Oscar. We got to mention yeah. Oscar Robertson. But but that's exactly why I bring it up. If if Kobe wins that ring, that's three finals MVPs, three rings where it's his team, which is as many as Shaq had when it was his team. And then at that point, you know, who does the tiebreaker go to? I think it goes to Kobe with the six rings to Shaq's four. And while Shaq has more individual accomplishments, I, I think at that point I would put Kobe ahead of him. But I think yeah, it's right worth now, noting it was Shaq's team when Kobe was on the same roster. Yeah, and I also don't think we can. Uh, but Kobe also wasn't in his prime when it was Shaq's team. 
Uh, okay. Uh, he was no. he was in his early twenties, and he was very good. And uh, he was, a, you know, I don't know if you want to argue he was like the third, fifth, fourth, fifth best second banana ever. I mean, whatever. He's in the conversation, but like, don't we have to give some um, more credence to the fact that for a solid, I'm going to say, ten years, Shaq was um, the most like the most coveted asset in basketball. And I don't think that any, like, and he was clearly, 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 clearly. So like from 1996. Yeah. 1996 to, I would say 2000. Okay. Maybe not 10 years, maybe like eight years. He was the most coveted asset in basketball. That has to be worth something. Doesn't it? I think it's, yeah, I'm, it's, I'm with you entirely. Teams changed their entire game plan. Hack a shack was a thing. Yeah. Defenses were built around how to deal with Shaquille O'Neal. Michael Oliver Candy got drafted first. Yeah. Because of Shaq was in the league. That like that was the thing that happened. Um, okay, so that's yeah. He's so fine. Kobe would be. So how about how about this for you guys? Shaq versus Duncan. Um, you mean like who do I personally have higher? Yeah. That's the most interesting historical debate I think that you could have about NBA history because at his peak, Shaq was clearly better, but Duncan had the longevity. So I don't know. I mean, Bernard, you're a baseball historian. How do baseball uh, uh, history nicks look at this stuff? I mean, in in baseball history, you, you sort of have a real circuit split here between people who care about peak and people who care about sort of prime and longevity. Um, it seems that like Hall of Fame voting in baseball values doing it for 20 years a lot more than doing it really, really well for 10. Uh, so I think they're they're inclined towards towards Duncan. I think it's really the classic peak versus overall performance case here. Eileen Timmy, because he did it. For so long, I mean, he had he was a championship top guy on a championship caliber team for like 17 straight years. He was uh, all, all NBA 15 years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, the, it's it's insane. I, I, I would I, I guess I would I would five rings. too. yeah, I would never be able if you if someone was like Duncan was better than O'Neal, I would I can't argue that. So um, it's probably the right the right call. Um, let's before we get out of here. Let's talk about Garnett briefly because I this is the thing I vehemently, vehemently. No, maybe that's too strong a word. What's one level below vehemently? Strongly, passionately. Yeah, okay, passionately. I passionately disagree with your take. Your your guys' takes on this. So we we were talking about Garnett's place in this kind of hierarchy, um, and then uh, somehow Dirk came up, and I feel pretty strongly that um Dirk is ahead of KG in the all-time rankings. Um and here's why. Uh, I have two primary reasons. One, if you if you're ranking defense as the same value as offense in basketball, I think the argument holds water to put them on the same level and I don't think that's the case. I think offense has far more value. One, and two, if you look at Dirk's career, um, the teams won 50 plus games, like how many consecutive years? Obviously the organization had a lot to do with that, but I don't think if you're getting into the conversations about the upper, 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 upper echelon of like top 15 all time guys, how do you 
have a guy on there in KG who had just some really utter dog shit years around teams that had like some talent, not a lot of talent, but like some talent. So that's that's my as my opening argument. Uh, I'll take I'll take any any comers. Okay, I mean those are those are a couple of really good points you bring up about yeah, his teams did win, and uh, and offense. I agree with you that offense is more valuable than defense in the NBA. That's that's true. But at the same time, I mean KG was he wasn't a dominant offensive player the way that Dirk was, but he was a very very good offensive player. He was a legitimate number one option on some good teams. And on top of that, you factor in he was a much, much better defensive player. It's not even close. He's one of the greatest defensive big men of all time versus Dirk, who was always a liability on that end. And then you factor in his passing and how he was a triple-double machine. And yeah, Wow, well, triple-double machine. What the fuck? What are you smoking? He, 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 he could pass a little bit. He was a good passer. Come on. I, for a big man, he was a great passer. Um, Hold on. His career high in assists was oh okay he had he had six dimes a game one year that's pretty good that's yeah. pretty good yeah that that's that's pretty great for- uh, it's it's it, it, it's not that Jokic it's not LeBron here it's a, it's a level down but that's still really good okay so yeah two points to follow up on that as well you, you're talking about what a massively better offensive player he is they played roughly the same years and Dirk averaged like. Two and a half more points per game. It's not that big a gap. Now, granted, he stretched the floor. It was a lot of outside scoring, but they're putting up about the same number of raw offensive points. And beyond that, you you want to come at KG for postseason issues and meltdowns. Nowitzki's the poster child for this. The man oh, who won the MVP award and that's his one seed Mavs unfair get crushed by the eight seed Warriors in one of the biggest letdown performances that any MVP Great ever point, had, Oz. any elite player ever had in the postseason series. I like how you went back to the Oz nickname just for that. Great point, Oz. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think Bernard and I have ever been more united against you on any subject. Two for 13 one. from the field in the elimination game. Is that what he went? It, it is. And, and, and to add to what Bernard said, um, I mean, the 06 finals, I think if Dirk wins that one, we're talking about a very different conversation. And, you know, I, I think you could justify putting Dirk above KG at that point. But I I can't off the top of my head remember a time where one team blew it to a team that was clearly inferior to them as the 06 Mavs against the Heat, other than maybe... LeBron's heat when they yeah, lost. That, there were there were refs uh, there were refs involved there. I oh, hold on. I, I just I want to throw this in here too. So the Timberwolves starting in ninety six ninety seven, and granted those early teams were not good. They had one two three four five six seven consecutive years where they got eliminated in the first round, then made it to the Western Conference Finals, and then KG was on the team for three straight years, and they did not make the playoffs. So that means. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten out of eleven years, he either didn't make the playoffs or was eliminated in the first round. Compare that to Dirk starting in two thousand one. 
Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven straight, eleven years made the playoffs every one of those years and only eliminated in the first round four times. There were yeah. Dirk Dirk was playing with Steve Nash, a Hall of Fame point guard those early years. Or, and or Michael Finley, a pretty good third banana on those teams. Um and if you're if you're good enough to make it into the playoffs, you're telling me KG couldn't have maybe gotten one of those I mean maybe that's a little unfair but I just if the argument is that KG is massively better which is the is what you guys are saying I'm just saying I think it's an even it's roughly even before KG got to the Celtics his best teammate ever was a almost washed up Latrell Sprewell that's really insulting to Latrell yeah yeah oh okay oh it's Stephon Marbury come on now Stephon Mar- yes, Team Cancer, Stephon Marbury. In 2001, 2002, and 2002, 2003, the Minnesota Timberwolves won uh, 50 and 51 games, respectively. Actually, sorry. Yeah, let me, let me, hold on. Let me go back for a second. Starting in 99, 2000, they won 50, then 47, then 50, then 51. You're telling me that a 50-win team three out of four years couldn't, Win a playoff series during that? I mean, come on, that's look not. At the, look at those rosters. Look how bad they were, and you appreciate how much he carried those teams to fifty wins. I, I'm sorry, I will not have the besmirchment of Terrell Brandon or Wally Zerbiak <laughs> or Wally Zerbiak. Hey, I love Wally on this podcast. How do you not love Wally? He's, he's fantastic. Um, or Fred Hoiberg. Yeah, oh yeah, Fred Hoiberg was on those teams. Um, I look, they were. They were they were not great. Um, oh yeah, it's, it's Chauncey Billups is on one of those squads. It's a shame they didn't hang on to him. All right, um, agree to disagree. Um, I, got, I got one. La- I got one last point on this. When last one. When you're when you're talking about a player's greatness, how they should be remembered, where they fall in the all time ranks, it's more than just the numbers. It's more than just the team outcomes. It's how memorable they are. It's if you can tell the story of basketball with them or not. And leaving aside the fact that Garnett is actually really good in uncut gems, <laughs> though it fits our theme for today. Yes. Anything is possible when the Celtics won the title is as iconic a moment as anybody has had in the NBA in the last 30 years. And and my counter to that is how memorable would KG be as a player if that trade never happened? Which is not fair. I know that's not fair, but it is a it is it is a point. Because because Dirk stayed, and he he made it work, and he got that ring. Dirk again, he was playing with Steve Nash and Michael Finley, and is there, and then they brought in Tyson Chandler. The Mavs have been a well-run organization, far more so than the Timberwolves, who haven't won a thing. You, you know what I would have loved to have seen? What one of those KG fifty-win teams with garbage around him? If you put Steve Nash on those teams, they would have been title contenders. Sure. Um, look, KG's really good. Um, he's not in the conversation for the top 10 all time. Uh, neither is Dirk, frankly. They're both, as far as I'm concerned, in that 11 to, I don't know, 16, 17, 18 range. Um, you these- know, one last point I'll add about him. Yeah. He goes to the Celtics, and how do they win that championship? He gets two guys who are great players. Yeah, two first ballot Hall of Famers, yes. Who who 
didn't play defense their entire careers until that season. And he gets them to buy in and play great defense. And that Celtics team, part of why they won was because they played great team defense down the stretch. Yes, that's and right. I forgot he was, was he was the uh, the coach of that team and that uh, Tom Thibodeau and, um, you know, he wasn't he had nothing to do with that. That's... Oh, no. It, Tom, Tom Thibodeau gets a ton of credit, too. But so does KG. I mean, you need that guy who's the leader on the court to get those guys to play defense, too. All right. That's it. I'll, it, it's a it's a tie. That's that's all I'm conceding. It's a tie. That's that's roughly it. <laughs> all right. Um, we've been talking for an hour. Let's get the hell out of here. Um, what anything uh, either of you guys want to say? Because again, no one's listening, so you could say whatever the hell you want at this point. Chiefs are winning tonight. Are they? You're putting. Your, I'm not releasing the episode until Monday. So if they lose, you're gonna have some. Oh, anger. perfect. Good. Yeah, close game. Yeah. Chiefs are winning. Mahomes MVP. Uh, I, I second that. Close game. Chiefs are winning. Um, as <laughs> I, d- I really don't think I want to get into Yash's many comments about um the Chiefs and their personnel, given his particular line of work. Um, so I'm not going to, and that's all. Um, Smart move. Yeah, it really is though. If, if you haven't been canceled yet. Well, I'm going to now I have to spend the rest of my afternoon editing things out of this because I, I, I can't even send this to the person that produces my podcast, because if he hears some of the shit that has been uttered on this, then he'll cancel me. Anyone we want to produce the podcast anymore. That's 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 what you have done to me. So thank yeah, you. I, I got I got a nice note for us to for us to help wrap up on, which is the, the right movie comp for 1917. The right player is Kobe Bryant. Does his thing extremely well, memorable, historical. I think it's a good way to a good way to think of him. I love it. I love it. Um, I love it. And he's going to win best picture. Um, what are the odds currently on that? Is it like one to three, one to is it like plus five hundred, or is it lower than that? I don't think it's that extreme, but it's it's pretty clearly nineteen seventeen. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm still holding out hope for for Bong to get director of picture. We'll see. I know it's not going to happen, but whatever. I could hope. Um, all right. Thank you guys for giving up part of your Sunday afternoon. I know your time is extremely valuable. Um, obviously, obviously it's not, it's not the case. Um, and everybody uh, out there, if you have made it to the end of this podcast, give yourself a pat on the back and reexamine your life choices because more, my God, um, I hope you Pour had yourself fun. another round. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the person listening to this is probably the person having a cocktail at 9 a.m. on a Monday morning. Um, okay, everybody, we're, we're out. We'll see you with another episode tomorrow. Uh, have, a, have a good week. 